Good morning, everybody. Goo and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast team summaries are here, and uh, we're halfway through the AFC South. But uh, I would say Wiz talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars, given the fact of who they have coming in at head coach and Urban Meyer and the number one pick in the draft in, in Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and Jacksonville and Duval County have to be extremely excited about this upcoming season, and I think the future is a little bit brighter in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, the Jags have some interesting players and some interesting young players, several interesting young players, and uh, that's what we'll, we'll start off with Trevor Lawrence. And I guess the question that needs to be asked is, should Trevor Lawrence be drafted as a quarterback one in fantasy football? Should he be drafted as a top 12 quarterback this year. Now, if Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers were absolutely playing uh, without question, you know, and certainly it looks like Deshaun Watson is more likely not to be playing at least the majority of the season, and Aaron Rodgers' situation is dubious at best, um, it makes now an interesting conversation as far as Trevor Lawrence. So how do you see it? Do you see Trevor Lawrence on the fringe of being a quarterback one, do you see him clearly inside quarterback one, or do you see him clearly outside quarterback one? So, you know, you're, you're coming to a team that basically ranked last in a lot of categories, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. But you got to rip all that up. Doug Marone's gone. You know, they've cleaned house with defensive coordinators. This is a whole new show in Jacksonville. Uh, you know, there are very talented players on this offensive side of the football. My personal view in a lot of leagues is that Trevor Lawrence is going to be drafted as a QB1. I think um, there's always a lot of intrigue, and, and we've seen this before, Wiz, not just in keeper leagues. You know, you want to be that guy who is the first to own one of these kind of superstars. And I think when we look at Trevor Lawrence and we look at what he did in his freshman year at Clemson, he was kind of earmarked as the number one pick in the NFL draft as soon as he was ever going to declare for the draft. You kind of knew it was going to go in that direction. And it's the perfect situation. Now, the only kind of black mark or asterisk on it is that he comes in postseason surgery, uh, you know, surgery with uh, his shoulder. Uh, but nonetheless, I think he comes in as a marquee name, you know, as a franchise type savior in, in, an, in an ideal situation with a, with, a, with a football mind like Urban Meyer. So I do believe now whether it's me or not, I'm going to I'm not I'm going to refrain from actually fully answering it yet. I think I'm the cusp of answering yes but, you know, I, I do, as, as you mentioned, with other quarterbacks uh, with uh, a rather nebulous outlook for this coming season, uh, I think Trevor Lawrence definitely is in the conversation as a potential number one quarterback in this offense, playing for Urban Meyer and with some of the offensive talent that's going to be around him on this team. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tricky because, like I was talking about with Carson Wentz uh, when we did the Colts uh, team capsule, you know, you, you'd like to get somebody steady with him. And Carson Wentz is going to go for very, very cheap. So you allow yourself to get a, a number one quarterback and then kind of see, see how um, Carson Wentz season goes along. That can't be said for trying to do that with Trevor Lawrence because he is going to be drafted somewhere between 10 and 15 at the position 
you know, uh, probably close to right around quarterback one at the 12 mark. So it's not going to allow you, if you draft Trevor Lawrence, to get an elite quarterback or a rock solid guy, like I said, a, a Russell Wilson or, or you know, uh, Justin Herbert or somebody like that, um, or Ryan Tannehill, you know, someone like that that will allow you to kind of see. If you draft Trevor Lawrence, He's going to be your number one quarterback, and then your second guy may not be somebody that you have confidence with. So I, I guess for you know people out there in the fantasy football community is, are you willing to hang your hat on Trevor Lawrence at the quarterback? Because where he's going, he's kind of going to be your number one guy. And uh, you know while he has a lot of ability and there's a lot of upside, and he certainly brings a running game as well, where he could get rushing touchdowns and rushing yards, and there's no doubt that he will, and Urban Meyer will use him in that way. Boy, it's difficult, you know, to draft a, a rookie quarterback on a team that, you know, doesn't have a great offensive line as your number one quarterback. So Trevor Lawrence, I think, is one of the most interesting, if not the most interesting quarterback to try and figure out what to do with um, in terms of your draft. Yeah, it's kind of funny, too. Urban Meyer, who, who definitely had some bumps in his introduction to the pros, he just got handed a fine for the way they conducted their OTAs. There was that strength and conditioning coach that uh, that he was trying to bring in, and that that ended up badly, you know. So, and you know, there's some uh, we're looking at the Trevor, uh, sorry, the Tim Tebow uh, story as well, and they haven't quite named uh, Lawrence the starter, but you know, I, again, this is a team. This is a this is a guy who's built some strong offensive systems in his career, um, and I think they have some interesting players here. Now, Daryl Bevel will be the offensive coordinator here. Uh, he was the former Lions uh, offensive coordinator. Not necessarily that the Lions kind of lit the world on fire, but you know, Wiz, Wiz you and I can agree with Matt Stafford at quarterback. You know, they did, they did some good things in the passing game so we'll certainly be watching that I guess I'll ask you do, you do you see Tim Tebow being used and I think there's been some stories kind of circulating and we know he's been signed as a tight end do you think he would be playing a potential Taysom Hill type role at any point in the season or is that just something that you just gotta forget about I'm just kind of throwing it out there what your view is on it yeah, I think there's probably only a small chance that he even makes the team. And if he does make the team, he'll be kind of more of a special teams player. He doesn't have the skill or the ability in any regard of Taysom Hill. And if you start messing around, putting him in then doing that spot, you have to also then worry about what that's going to do to Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I'm not sure why he brought Tim Tebow in, you know, a favor, a guy, you know, one of his – most beloved player, if not his most beloved player of all time, and wanting to do a, friend, a favor for somebody, but that could cause a major distraction, and I don't know what that would do to the mindset. You know, you pull Trevor Lawrence and bring this guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, Taysom Hill has a rare, rare skill set of speed and power that team to, team, Tim Tebow never possessed and certainly doesn't have at his age right now. Um, so I, I don't think so. So I, I think that uh, it's just a distraction that I think will be resolved before the season starts. 
Okay, and and you know we look at a situation where Urban Meyer, who th- this guy's not used to losing, Wiz, and you come to a franchise. Now, granted, Jacksonville was a stone's throw away from making a Super Bowl a few years back. Hard to believe with Blake Bortles at quarterback and with a tremendous defense, but that ended in flames in New England, and they never really recovered from that. But you know, this is Urban Meyer, who's won national titles, I think three, if I'm not mistaken. He's not lost a lot of football games. He's built big programs wherever he's gone. You know expectations are very very high for what they're going to do here in Jacksonville yeah I mean and then you know we could yeah then as we've talked about they have some 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 terrific young players and you know going to the running game I know they took Travis Etienne and people you know saying oh Travis Etienne Etienne played with Trevor Lawrence and they got that connection but you know, it's interesting how it ended up with Travis Etienne. Apparently, Urban Meyer did not want to take Travis Etienne, and that wasn't his plan. His heart was broken when the Giants took Kadarius Tony, which is ironic in a way because the only reason the Giants took Kadarius Tony is because the Eagles moved up ahead of the Giants to take Devontae Smith, who the Giants were going to take. So he loved Tony. He wanted to be a player. He was happy with James Robinson. And now they drafted ETN. Um, you know, I know he's a first-round pick, and I know he's got the rapport with Trevor Lawrence, but um, I don't feel that Travis Etienne is a threat to James Robinson in terms of the running game. Now, Travis Etienne is fast, and he's a great athlete, and they may throw him the ball, and I'm not sure if they're going to kind of use him the way he used Curtis Samuel at Ohio State. Uh, I'm hearing that's what's likely to happen, but for the people that think, you know, they took the first-round running back Etienne and played with Lawrence at Clemson, who's now going to unseat uh, James Robinson is the number one running back. I don't see it that way. I see James Robinson as just a better runner, um, better inside runner, better reader of defenses, better footwork. So I don't see it that way. I'm interested to see how they use ETN, but it's not a player that 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 the coach had to have. He kind of like was the player after his original plan fell apart because of the Giants taking Tony. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I we, we had a conversation, I think it was two nights ago, um, where you were telling me, just looking at some of these drafts, ETN was being drafted ahead of James Robinson. And I could understand why a lot of people want to do that and think they should do that. I don't see it that way. But uh, I guess that's what makes horse racing. So what do you um, how do you view the running back situation for the Jaguars this year? Yeah, so so on your last point, uh, we'll start there. I, I was very surprised to see that, uh, and I'm in, I'm in your camp where I think that's a mistake. Uh, in fact, I'll go one step further. I think Carlos Hyde. Uh, I don't think people should lose sight of the fact of him being on this roster as being a, a you know a factor here, a, an experienced guy, a guy that played in at Ohio State. Meyer Urban Meyer knows the player, and uh, Carlos. Hyde's been very effective when given the opportunity to run both with the Texans and the Seahawks the last couple of seasons. So I think that's potentially a bigger issue. You know, James Robinson had the luxury last year of literally having no one else to compete for in touches last year. The the Jacksonville Jaguars had so many injuries and COVID issues with their running back crew between Chris Thompson and Ryquell Armstead. Uh, The the other guy that they had on the roster, I can't remember his name. You drafted him in one of the leagues. What was the guy's name? The, The big, big lug. Last name began with an O. Can't remember it. Yeah, from Nebraska, Zebo. 
Yeah, Ozigbo, yeah. So you, you couldn't get any of those guys in the field. James Robinson handled over 70% of the touches for the offensive backfield, which is a good reason why he had the year he did. Uh, he did break down a little bit towards the end of the season. A tremendous year for a, probably a historic, I think a historic year for an undrafted free agent in terms of production as a rookie. Uh, you know, big, big stuff came in out of James Robinson. James Robinson was a guy that certainly probably helped a lot of guys to, to, to excel because he was picked up on waiver wires or drafted at the very end of a draft. So a tremendous year by him. I don't see ETN as a threat to that. I think you mentioned the way you know guys like Curtis Samuel use uh, in the past uh, Urban Meyer had Percy Harvin so I can see ETM playing more of that role but I'd be more worried about a little bit of a dent in the production of James Robinson just because of more capable bodies around and I think Carlos Hyde also fits into that so but James Robinson to me will be the guy and you know it's interesting when you look at the offensive guys in this system you know Brian Schottenheimer is also on this coaching staff and, and these guys like to run the football, all of them. Bevel likes to run the football. You know, he's done that before, not necessarily in Detroit, uh, but they were better at it in Detroit last year with, with Swift. So, yeah, I'm watching this situation very closely, but I think Robinson will still be the running back to own, but I was kind of shocked to see Etienne being drafted above him. Very surprising. I think Hyde would, you know, need, either, I think Hyde would need an injury to one of the, either Etienne or Robinson to really become a factor. Uh, I, I've seen also ETN being drafted early, but in my mind, I have James Robinson as a running back two, and ETN as a flex play. Um, and, you know, kind of difficult to handcuff two players that are both being drafted uh, where they're being drafted. So it's not going to, it'll be easier said than done. But, you know, if you're asking me right now who I feel is going to have the better year. I'm just basing this on ability of the players and uh, not any favoritism or where somebody was drafted. Uh, I think James Robinson, to me, has the clear uh, opportunity to have, to have the better season based on, on ability. And uh, I guess that moves us to the wide receiver position where um, I know you've been talking up LaVisca Chenault, and I like that player as well, and DJ Shark and they have some interesting players there. Well, you know, what do you think about the wide receiver position for the Jags? Who's going to be fantasy football relevant? And how do you rank those those two receivers? And you can't forget that they brought in Marvin Jones as well. So uh, how do you how do you see the the Jaguar wide receiver as it relates to the upcoming fantasy football? Yeah. Season? So Bevel's familiar with Marvin Jones because he had him in Detroit. And by the way, Marvin Jones is one of two two receivers who has had over nine touchdowns in three of the last four seasons, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. I'm, I'm convinced that Chenault is going to be the main beneficiary in this offense. Uh, I really do. I think he's a physical guy. I think he'll get the ball around the line of scrimmage. I think you'll see him use less in the running game and, and like they did last year, and he'll be playing wide receiver more. DJ Shark has been challenged. Marvin Jones, as you know, he's a, he's been a guy that can have some big games, and I, I, I'd see all three of these guys becoming a factor. I think a, a a particular reason why they'll become a factor is there's really no answer at tight end. So I, I think if you look at the way ETM will play into this passing game and the three receivers, I can see all three of these guys being productive. I think Chenault has a chance to be kind of a guy. And then DJ Shark a couple of years ago in this offense was actually a, a definitive number two receiver. Uh, he's been challenged to be a more physical guy. He had an off year last year. So I, I, I can see guys flip-flopping. There'll be guys that take chances later in drafts. 
playoffs on guys like Shark or, or, or Marvin Jones. I think they'll come into the draft because of the confusion around them as not being highly touted. But I could see one of these guys emerging as a number two guy as the season wears on. So you're saying you feel either Chenault or Jones or DJ Shaw can 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 be wide receiver two uh, this season? Yeah, I do. I do. I think one of these guys will emerge from that group and be a number two receiver. I I, I favor Chenault as being the guy to do that, but I do believe in this. I do believe that Trevor Lawrence, the offense. I I just think there are good things happening here, moving in the right direction, and I think there'll be a little bit more confidence in this in this offense as a whole. And I can see a surprise. I'm, I'm not saying they're going to be drafted in that manner, but I could see one of these guys being emerging, emerging from that group. Now, my attitude might change a little bit. Zach Ertz has been a rumor for, to Jacksonville as well, and that would probably change my opinion if that does happen because even though Ertz had a tough year last year, you can't deny what he's done for his career. But if the, if the tight end room stays the way it is, I, I think you're going to have one of these guys emerge as a big factor uh, in the passing game. I mean, I see it a little, a little differently. I, I just see that you, when you have several good players where none of those players are going to get donuts or be discounted or become completely irrelevant in a situation like this, I, I think they're going to kind of cancel each other out. Uh, will these players have good games and big games and take turns doing that? I think that'll be the case. I think it'll be kind of difficult to try and figure out which, which guy um, – is going to is you know is going to do that on a week to week basis. But when the season ends and the way I evaluate it going to the season, I kind of have all three of those players with kind of wide receiver three in mind. I think they could be fantasy football starters. Um, I I just want to see the way they're going to use uh, Lavisca Chenault. Uh, if they move him around and and get the ball in his hands off. And I think he could be the guy. Uh, DJ Shark is a guy that has shown such ability, and he's such a big guy and such a threat in the red zone that I think, you know, he could really step up with Trevor Lawrence. So that's my trepidation, why, you know, about, about thinking any of them are going to be wide receiver too. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if one of them stepped up uh, and I'd like to see the use of Chenault, but uh, I have a few of them definitely as fantasy football starters, uh, assuming that Trevor Lawrence, you know, is the is the starter for the whole season and is and he holds up health wise. All right. Now, when we look at the the defense and the kicker kicking game here, Josh Lambeau in the past has been a, a very efficient kicker uh, percentage wise. Last year, he had injuries the whole year. Uh, he gets a little bit of competition competition this year in, in Rosas, the former. Giant kicker. So this could be a better offense. I don't think you'll be drafting the, the Jacksonville kicker to start the season, but just something to keep an eye as the season wears on. And, you know, gone are the days of Saxonville. This team had only 18 sacks last year. They bring Joe Cullen over to be the defensive coordinator. Uh, he worked under Wink Martindale at Baltimore. I think they have some young talent in, in guys like Allen and Chase on, and, and, and obviously they brought Campbell in CJ Henderson the year before uh, Griffin was signed to a big deal in the off season. There's some young talent here. I think you'll see them play in, in, in dime and nickel packages a lot and, and utilize their defensive secondary strength to help that front line. But 18 sacks, Wiz, doesn't sound like it's a defense that you actually want to have on your team. Yeah, I'm going to take a pass on their special teams, on their kicker and their defense this year for 
uh, all of those reasons that you mentioned. All right, good stuff. So that's a wrap on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Trevor Lawrence and the Urban Meyer era has started off. Uh, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We have one more team to go. That's the Tennessee Titans. And we're doing our team capsules division by division. Please make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And Wiz, I will talk to you in a bit. Tennessee, very interesting stuff going there. Absolutely.